In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. I'm excited. I think you're going to get fired up about this topic, but we're going to be talking to physician reactions to cash physical therapy. And this is a great topic. Before we dive into it, I just want to remind you guys, if you haven't seen it, Nicole's IC course is open again. This is going to be the second cohort going through it. If you're listening to this on Thursday, when it comes out the 29th, it is going to be open through tomorrow, Friday, the 30th. So just make sure to check that out. If you are treating IC patients, if you have questions about IC patients, if you are not confident treating IC patients, if they are coming into your clinic and you're like, crap, I think that patient (laughs) might know more about IC than me then you need to get this course. It's going to blow your mind and it's going to change the way that you treat any patient with interstitial cystitis. It's red. I'm excited about it. I'm excited for you guys because I know how much time and effort and energy Nicole has spent thinking about this, being on the board of the ICA, interacting with the top IC experts in the field. So if you have any questions about any of this stuff... There's going to be so much material in there that's going to be great. It's going to help you guide the patient all the way through everything, whether or not you know amitriptyline from your elbow, whether or not you think IC is a bladder condition or there's an IC diet, you're going to learn a lot from that course. So one day left, make sure to grab that. There's also going to be a live Q&A associated with this cohort going through. So as you have any questions, you're going to get all of those answered and answers to all past Q&As as well. So it is going to be really cool. But to our main point today, physician reactions to cash PT, and this is a huge mindset shift that we've had to make and that we've seen all of our mentees make. And we want to really just pass that on to all of you guys out there who are in cash PT or thinking about being in cash PT. Totally. So this is the deal, right? So you have decided you either have your cash PT practice or you are thinking about it and you go to the physician referral sources that you have made when you are working for somebody else and you sit there and you talk and you go back and forth and you're like, have this great meeting. And then you hit the dreaded question at the end where they're like, oh, cool. So what insurances are you taking? And boom, everybody that we've talked to and including ourselves at the very, 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 very beginning got derailed by this. And then you start second guessing yourself. Oh my God, this person is not going to refer to me. I'm done. My business is going to go under all because this one physician doesn't understand cash-based physical therapy. Yes. And so here is the mindset shift. It is extremely rare almost unheard of for physicians to be on board with cash physical therapy. Like let's just start there. So any physician referral that you're going to get as a cash PT business is a bonus. 
And we need to be thinking of that going in. And that is really tough to hear, especially for those of you guys who've been in the field for a long time. And Nicole has some personal experience with this, but where you've worked really closely with physicians and you've developed professional and sometimes personal relationships with those physicians. And they know how good you are. They know you're the best person in town. And you are assuming that they care about their patients enough to send them to the person they know is best. And that assumption is completely wrong. False. And that is, it's sad. It is actually sad when you actually think about it. But it's a sad reality that we have to shift our mindset on immediately because the second that we let somebody else dictate our worth and the second that we allow them to help us to second guess our business decisions, that's the time where we are just done. We have to get out of that mindset so that we don't let ourselves get derailed by that one mindset from the physicians. And this is something that we talk a lot about in our coaching groups, but where we are saying that unless somebody actually knows your business model and knows what the hell they're talking about, why are we listening? And that goes for physicians. That goes for family members that go, oh, you're not going to take insurance. Yes, grandpa, we're not going to take insurance. We don't take med. I this literally had this conversation with my own grandfather Months after we had, I mean, been insanely successful. What do you mean you don't take? You guys really should take Medicare. It's like, really? Really, granddad? You have like any idea how much paperwork is involved with Medicare and what their reimbursement rate is? Have you done the ROI? I guarantee you. If, and he's a smart guy. He's a former former accountant. He's former, you know, helped with people. I mean, if we actually sat down and ran the numbers for him, he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's crazy. How does anybody how stay does in business? How does anybody stay in business? Right? But he doesn't know. All he knows is that... He's 94 years old, and for the last 35 years, he's been on Medicare. And that's just the model that he's used to. And that's the same thing with any family member of yours who's questioning what you're doing. It's the same thing with any physician that's questioning. They have not done the research. They are not qualified to offer an opinion. Now, if somebody who has done all of that is offering you opinion, yeah, shut up and pay attention. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> But we can at least entertain their opinion. Right? Where it's like, okay, cool. Like you've been in the PT field. You understand reimbursement rates. You've looked at all different models. Like You know right. what it is about the paperwork situation. You know all the things. Yeah. Let's have a conversation. But but is- even the, even just the fact that some a physician is having an opinion on how us as physical therapists are doing business is some bullshit right there. Yes. We're not sitting there and asking them, oh, well, why don't you take Anthem Blue Cross? I really think that you should. I have a lot of my patients that are on Anthem Blue Cross. Oh, you're not taking Medicare? Oh, you still work for a hospital like a oh, dumbass? I don't really think. Oh, You gosh. should really go off on your own. There's a lot more money to be made in private practice. Yeah, yeah right? So like, oh my gosh, you should totally like not be affiliated with the hospital anymore. I know that those physicians in private practice make a lot more money. What is the, what is the hospital you? taking? 40% of your bottom line? Have that conversation with a physician and see how well they take it. Yeah. And then we'll see how we flip the switch there. Seriously. I mean, but that is... The level of disrespect. The level of disrespect that's going on. That is. Hey, are you using QuickBooks? No. Oh, you're. You should be using zero. Like what? This is you not. Don't, don't even know. You have what no idea on. what our business is. So that is, and may not be the way that it's intended, and it's something that is ingrained. But that is the level of disrespect. That is a disrespectful thing to say. 
of somebody who has no idea about your business. When was the last time you did that? When you walked into Home Depot and was like, you know, I really think your stocking mechanisms are really off and I think the light bulbs should really be over. You don't freaking say that because you have no idea how to run Home Depot. That physician has less of an idea how to run that as you do to run Home Depot, I promise you. Totally. Yeah. So, and then the next piece of that is that we're going to talk about how to navigate that conversation here in a second, but what we cannot do as pelvic PTs, as most of us are women, we cannot let that derail our self-worth and second guess our decisions because it's one person. And even if it's multiple physicians, it's one group of people that have nothing to do with the future success of our business, literally because of the thing that we started with, right? It is extremely rare for physicians to be on board with cash PT model. They don't get it and they don't care to get it. So unless you have a physician that you know personally that you've had the relationship with over years of working for a hospital-based system. And they're really sitting down and being like, oh my gosh, you know, Nicole, I really, I need to understand like this because they're usually just asking that so that they are going to self-select patients for you, which you don't want to have them do anyways. But even if they're giving you that type of respect and being like, hey, I really need to understand like why you're choosing to do it like this. Cool. We can have that conversation, but I guarantee no one's doing that. I've had one person in my, I've known hundreds of physicians in and around Orange County, and I've had one person that's actually sat down and asked me that mostly because they were thinking about going concierge medical practice themselves. And they wanted to know from a business perspective, how that was happening with me. So we've seen this time and time again. We saw it when Nicole left an insurance-based practice and you thought that all of your referred, I mean, all those people loved you. You assumed every single person was going to continue to send all of their people to you because these are people who had literally said, go to Nicole at this hospital-based practice. Do not see anybody else. Everybody else there is not going to help you. You need to see Nicole specifically. It's a big ego boost, but then it's real humbling real fast when you realize that a lot of hospital-based physicians are forced, coerced, highly uh, motivated, motivated to send to their own place. So the fact that I worked at a hospital-based pelvic floor physical therapy place was awesome. I had a revolving door of patients coming in because those physicians had to do that. And as soon as I left that, that place... Then it's like, well, now it's a big deal to send patients to me. And they oh, didn't. Oh, and they're going to have to have this whole conversation. And then they have to fax it to a place that's not in their easy their fax system. network. Whatever and it's just it like, is. oh, geez, give me a freaking break. But you know what does happen? And this did happen to me a couple of... This happened to me a few times, actually, where some of the physicians will send their family members to me outside of that. And that's where I really started to realize, oh, these little mother effers. They get it. They that's get the it. thing that's really frustrating, right? We've had a couple of those where it's like an OB that we've been talking to for a long time has literally sent us nobody in five years, but sends her daughter to us. So it's like, you know, you that, know we're that we're providing better place. care. You just are not bothering. It's just not worth whatever it is in your time. And that's fine. And we've seen that it's now. not fine, but. Well, it's not fine. It's, <laughs> it's effed up. Yeah, it's super effed up. But. It is what it is. It is what it is. And we've now seen this. It's not just us. It's not just the people we know locally. I mean, it's 50 plus pelvic PTs that we work with and mentor. I can't think of a single one of them who is any more dependent 
on physician referrals. It just does not happen that way, right? None of our people are. No. And even if you're getting one, it's like, cool, that's a bonus. Super big bonus. Like it's Nicole, like, who's awesome. been, I mean, literally is the IC person, been in our community for 15 years, like has treated a lot of the physicians in our area. And I don't think we get enough physician referrals in a month to fill a half of one PT schedule. Totally. And that, it, that just is you guys. Now I will say this as a slight sidebar, if you're thinking about starting your own practice, this is not to discourage you (laughs) from doing it, but it's also like, don't think that you're like so amazing. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Referral sources are going to stay with you as you move to cash. You need to assume that nobody, not one person, not one patient, not one physician, not one referral source that you currently have is going to come with you. And guess what? You can still freaking do it. You can still freaking rock your business, but you should not count on that happening. And it ends up being super freeing once you get past that initial like, oh my gosh moment, right? Where it's like, we are now no longer dependent on physician referrals. Every physician in Orange County could pack up their bags and leave for Oklahoma and it literally would not affect public sanity. Yeah, great. Awesome. Who's coming in? Yeah. Maybe we'll get some cool DOs. Yeah, maybe we'll get some, yeah, maybe we'll get some more DOs. Maybe we'll get some actually more patients that they're not putting to some other god-awful pelvic right, PT place sitting on the Amicella chair. God damn right. it. This makes me so mad. So this is, getting back to this, why do we care what a physician says with this? They're commenting with ignorance on how you run your business, which should be insanely insulting, even if they don't mean it that way. And this is where I love, Nicole, how you talk about it when you do our trainings and stuff. When you flip it back on them and ask one follow-up question and they literally cannot compute. This is actually really, really interesting. So It's like pouring water on a Roomba, like watching them short circuit if you actually press this question. (laughs) Water on a Roomba. That's actually really funny. It just like slams into the door again. again. (laughs) So if somebody says to you that that question, right? So you're sitting, you're having this great conversation. Oh, what patients can you send to me? What patients can I send to you? This is awesome. Great. Awesome. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, so do you accept or what insurances do you take? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, but what I usually, or, or really the, so then you can basically say, oh, you know, all of our services are covered by out of network physical therapy benefits. We give your patient a super bill. They come back. Right. Then they'll be like, oh, so you wait. So you only do cash or like they have to pay you or you don't take insurance. You don't take insurance. And you'd be like, well, no. What would you expect? Uh-oh. Right? Where it's like, you're not questioning whether or not, I mean, they don't take every single insurance. So the follow-up question is like, yeah, like, have you you had negative feedback about that? Have you had patients come back and have a problem? Oh, no, 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 no. Like, what what is your understanding of the the out-of-network, we would say out-of-network in this situation, but what is your understanding of the out-of-network model? Have you had an issue with it before? Yeah. Or like, oh, have you never heard of a super bill? Like, you know that they have. So you ask one other flip it and reverse it question about that. And it can really be actually like have them stop in their tracks and be like, oh, well, no, I haven't had anybody. Or they say something like, well, then you get to the really the underlying issue. Well, they, you know, that means that only affluent people can come to you. And it's like, oh, well, do you take all insurances in your practice? Do you take HMOs also? 
no. Okay. Well, then now, do you want to have this discussion or not? So right. now, we don't necessarily have to get combative about it, but the point being is that if you ask another question with to their question or to yeah. their... Oh, what have you heard about out-of-network PT? Or, oh, have you had a bad... Exp- I saw that look on your face. Have you had a bad experience with that? They're going to be like, oh, like no. Either like, oh, no, it's actually not been a problem. Well, okay, then what are we talking about? This is where we get all fired up. I get fired up as a on a patient side of this is that I have never been to a physician office who asked me if I could afford the medication they prescribed me, who asked me if I could afford the CT scan for my ankle where they should have just sent me to freaking PT, by the way, instead of giving me surgery. This is before I knew Nicole. Right? Where it's like, they're not sitting there and saying like, well, you know, surgery is probably, if you look at your deductible, it's going to cost you about $6,000 out of pocket and you can pay for a shit ton of physical therapy for that. Yeah. They're not looking at that. They're not looking at it as the arbiter of their finances. And all of a sudden when they refer out to a physical therapist, it's like, oh, that's expensive. And all of a sudden they act like they're super concerned about it. That's some bullshit. And so... I don't necessarily think that during that meeting you need to call them out on their bullshit, but I do think that you need to understand that it is bullshit and that you can get to a little bit of that underlying issue by asking the question and flipping it around so you can actually have a conversation about it. And you'll learn real quick whether or not it's worth it to have that conversation with that person. Right. Is that a considered opinion or is that just the ignorant? Is that just as ignorant as your patient whose the first question is, oh, do you take my insurance? Your answer is, well, like, do you want me to take your insurance and see you for 30 minutes and provide hospital care? I mean, you know, it's like that's the question that we're just trained to ask, that doctors are trained to ask, that this whole medical system is wrapped around in. And so if you can get through to a doctor, this is going to be the way to do it, is actually have a real conversation, press them on their assumption that they're putting out there with, oh, you don't take insurance. Oh, well, you don't take X number of insurances, or have you had a problem with that? Whatever your your pushback is. But at the end of the day, it is not, you're not going to get a steady stream of patients from multiple physicians into a cash practice. It's just not going to happen. And if you're doing that, then great. I would actually love for you to write us, talk to us about how that's happening, because we'd love to hear it. But we've now helped more than 50 pelvic PTs build their businesses in places across the country. And none of them are dependent upon physician referrals. If they come in, great. If you're on their list where they give out three names, then that's great. But none of our people are dependent on physician relationships, which is, in my opinion, extremely freeing once we get past that initial terror. Yes. And that is initial terror. And it's because we have that initial terror, you guys, because it's also ingrained in us so much. And that's one of the things that you know, five years in, I feel like we've actually, I'll take that back. Five years in, Jesse and I finally are rid of that where we can confidently say, friggin' take it or leave it. This is how we're doing it. This is like, we're super confident in our model and all that. Now, two years in, I don't think we were quite there to say like, screw you. If you don't want to get the super bill, then I don't want to see you. I mean, but that's where we've been able to get to though, which is extremely freeing, but it's not easy. It's it's so ingrained in us. It's ingrained in us as healthcare consumers. It's ingrained in us. And that's why I, I highly encourage 
you as a person, if you were thinking of starting a cash-based physical therapy practice, you need to pay cash for your first services, your healthcare services. You need to see how it feels. You need to send in a super bill. You need to see how it feels to get reimbursed. You need to do that. I pay out of pocket for acupuncture. I would pay out of pocket for a lot of things, right? We choose our healthcare plan based on that we're probably going to have to pay out of pocket for a lot of stuff and go to whoever we want to go to. Welcome to 2021 where everybody's deductible is $6,000 plus. Yeah, but like you have to do that. You have to put your money where your mouth is. If I would pay for a general practitioner that has a concierge type model, if I needed that in my healthcare needs, you know, that is, we have to be willing to do what we're asking our patients to do. What you're saying, Nicole, is that you have to believe in your model. You have to believe in it to your bones, to the point where you do not care that some ignorant person who happened to go to med school for eight years has no idea what's going on, questions your model. Like you have to believe it to your bones to the point where, I mean, like we had this a couple of months ago where somebody called in and was like, hey, wow, 185 for a follow-up visit, isn't that expensive? And I was like, actually, Ray... We're significantly underpriced for what we are, and we're a nationally known place. So, you know, if you don't feel like that's a great place for you, that's fine. Here are your other options. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Like, when can I get in? Six weeks. Oh, my God. That's so far away. Yeah, Yeah, Ray. Ray. It is. (laughs) But I also think that this is, it's been really, and we didn't put this in the notes of our episode, but this has been something really cool to see in our mentorship group, honestly, is how much faster People are getting to that realization when they're in a group of other people who are doing the same thing. Yeah, that has been honestly like that some of the us, cool things. Wow, that took us so long. Years. Because we had to do that ourselves. That was like us building that confidence in ourselves without any outside validation. And every time you do, it's it's two steps forward and then you get hit by another one of those questions from a physician and get knocked backwards. And then all of a sudden, we're seeing it in our group of... Yeah, people are seeing it work in every different type of environment. And that's really cool and that's really empowering. And to me, honestly, that's been one of the most fun things about doing our business mentoring program. But is seeing people get so much comfortable, so comfortable with that, so much faster than we did. Yeah, that's been really awesome. So, And you guys remember, when you believe in your model, you understand the value of what you're bringing. And so... You know, to that person that's like, oh, to that physician that's like, oh, you do cash. Oh, I'm not sure if I have any patients that I can send to you then. It's like, actually, every patient that you have is still quite eligible to come to my practice. And do you care that your patients would get one-on-one with a physical therapist for 60 minutes? Do you care that we aren't beholden by, that we don't have to? discharge at six visits because somebody said, the insurance company says, you know, do they really care? The answer is not usually, but we care about that. And so that's where you can also shift that conversation to tell them the value of what we're doing and how their patients will benefit. And frankly, how they will not benefit if they don't get to that model. And in all likelihood, physician is still not going to send their patients to you, but they will send their family to you. And that should matter to you more because at the end of the day, that is their opinion of you is where they send their daughter. And guess what? She's coming to pelvic sanity. Dang it. That you guys, seriously, I was so pissed that day because I was like, think about the hundreds and hundreds of patients over the years that could have come 
here that you were sending somewhere else because you had to, you knowing that I was a better choice, freaking pissed me off. Yes. Yes. A so, lot. It's pissing me off right now. I've been thinking about it. It is. I know. <laughs> like, God dang it. So anyhow, I want to just encourage those of you who are thinking about the cash PT model, who are in the cash PT model and are running into this brick wall. Like this is absolutely a challenge and we're not going to sugarcoat it. Like you are going to have to find patients differently in a cash PT model. But at the end of the day, you are going to control your own flow of patients. You're not going to be dependent on physicians anymore. And that is a good place to be in even if you have to have a few of these uncomfortable conversations along the way. So if you have had any of these conversations, if you have any questions about how to handle these things, if you have any great suggestions or things that worked really well for you, we would love to hear those. Please write in, uh, put them on the Facebook post or the Instagram post that's going to be going up about this episode. DM them to Nicole, Nicole at pelvicsanity.com, whatever your preferred means of communication is. But as always, let's keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.